0: Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another exciting episode of Thriller Podcast. Today, we are talking Ripple, and Amazon partner. What? Tron decentralizing the web. Uh-huh. And then finally, in our main topic, we're discussing the crypto regulators. That's right. We're diving into it. Thriller Podcast, starting now.
1: Welcome to Thriller with Car Gonzalez, broadcasting from Austin, Texas, via SoundCloud and supported by Listeners like you. It's time for the news. 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 Thriller with
0: Car Gonzalez. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another exciting episode of Thriller Podcast. Today is June 14th, 2018. Let's jump into the news. There's tons to cover. So we have Ethereum. That's right. Ethereum pumps as the SEC official has said Ether is not a security. What? And who? Yes, a Mr. William Hinman, SEC Director of Division of Corporate and Finance has said Ethereum is not a security. So what does that mean, Carr? What is what is what is exactly what exactly does that mean, Carr? Well, that means that despite you know, all this FUD that people are throwing at Ethereum and its ERC20 tokens and, and all this crap about securities, right? Well, it turns out SEC is not classifying Ethereum as a security, even though there are some people going after Ethereum saying it was a security. I think it has more to do with the fact that there was a time where they were regulating crypto and that time started late last year. And I think the time before that, um, it's really, you, you can't do anything, right? I mean, they could potentially, but I don't think they will. And that's just how I see it. Now, he did say, this is what he said. And we're going to actually, you know what? We'll save what he said, because we're going to talk about it. We're going to talk about everything. We're going to talk about the regulators, the crypto regulators in our main topic. And, and, don't, and, don't, and don't skip, don't skip this episode. This is, this is an important episode. I learned a lot <laughs> just by putting this show together. Today, because I realized that um, there was so much I didn't I didn't see beforehand. But now that I have this clear vision of where all the regulators are coming from, and I think that's what they wanted, like they wanted us to find out who these people were, do our own research about them, who to watch out for and. Because at the end of the day, they're controlling what we do with our money, right? In a sense, this is what blockchain's supposed to stop. But you have to know who the, I don't want to say enemy, because they're not enemies, they're just regulators, right? They're, they're, no one wants to be that guy, but... They are those guys. (laughs) So, you know, we have to know who 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 those people are. So that's why we're talking about it in today's main topic. I highly suggest you guys listen to it all the way through. It's going to be really long because there's a lot of snippets and stuff that we're putting together. But it's going to you're going to have a way clearer, clearer head about where everything is in the crypto space afterwards. I guarantee it. Okay, next up, because that's good news. I'm happy about that. And that's why the crypto that's why the crypto markets are up today. Honestly, next up, we have. Tron. So Tron, as you know, has purchased BitTorrent. And you know, BitTorrent is this peer-to-peer network, of course. A lot of you are sharing stuff on on the peer-to-peer network, right? So it turns out that Justin's son actually Put this in his white paper. And he actually described how the Tron network was three layers. And the first layer would be a social media platform. The second layer would be the application layer. And then the final layer would be the peer to peer network layer. Turns out, you know, BitTorrent is a peer to peer network layer. So this is probably where it fits. In that little slider of his, where he has this white paper, where he's talking about this. But at the time, I remember when we looked at this last year. There was so much fud around Tron. People were saying how they um, basically copied somebody else's white paper and put it together. And how Justin Sun was nothing more than just like a, a pump and dump coin. You know, his whole his whole pro his whole like company um, turns out that wasn't true. So this is why this is why I'm like a big proponent. Like me, I personally don't like to say things are shit coins like you'll never hear me say a shit coin unless i'm talking about red coin (laughs) but in all honesty um yeah i never really that word never comes out it it maybe comes out every once in a while i'll say you know what this coin you could tell it's not a legitimate coin or i'll say like you know there's something going on with this one i don't know what it is it's half baked it's not ready yet i will not never call anything a shit coin because i don't like that term i think that's you know, it's, especially if it actually is, if it turns out to be a real thing, you look like a dumbass by saying it's a shit coin. Right. So I, I never I never like that rhetoric about people talking about other coins like that, because that's some somebody's living. Right. They're actually working on something that they think is going to be something later on, whether you agree with their vision or not. Right. So Justin Sun is actually building this out, man. He's building this out they released a wallet today apparently you have to go sign up to to download that wallet and to get all your tron tokens on there Um, but it's going to be interesting to see what happens at the end of this month when they finally flip the switch and they have their own trx coin Um, yeah it's 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 very interesting times very interesting times in june for sure next up we have ripple so we got two pieces of news from ripple the first one is they have a new logo so after a big, you know, voting rounds and this whole grassroots movement and this whole like GitHub where they had the the symbol, three different symbols, one of them looked like a ribbon, the other one looked like an R and then the, the last one looked like an X. It, it almost it almost looked like they wanted to go with this X one because it kind of looks like the Tesla logo a little bit in a weird way, but like an X. Um, just think the Tesla logo, but with an X as a, as as the character. Uh, the other two ones that they have, they just look terrible. And you can tell they were trying to go for this X one the whole time. Um, so they they released it. It's on CoinMarketCap. It's on their website. It's XRP is its own digital asset at, at this point. So it's, it's going to be interesting to see if this helps them with their case <laughs> going forward. And I think this is the next shoe to drop. People are waiting to see if, if XRP is going to be listed as security or a uh, cryptocurrency or, you know what I mean. Um, so it's going to be funny to see what happens. Uh, I personally think that, you know, technically it kind of is and it kind of isn't. I'm glad I don't have to make that decision. You know, personally, you know, y'all know I'm invested in it. A lot of y'all are invested into Ripple as well. And uh, I hope it's not a security because if it is, it, it could very well just dip it could it could it could plummet almost seriously overnight. So, we'll see what happens. I don't think Brad Garlinghouse and company will let that happen. They're trying they're they're out there like marketing the shit out of Ripple right now and it's all because they're trying to distance themselves from the XRP um asset. So, we'll see what happens with that. And then next up we have Amazon. So, it turns out Amazon will partner with Ripple in 2018. That's according to not me. No, that's according to all these 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 news articles out there. And a lot of them, a lot of them are trying to push it so hard. So this one comes from Global Coin Report, and we have them on thrillercrypto.com. They provide some interesting news. Uh, you know, I don't mind seeing uh, every once in a while a, a little a little bit of a a little bit of a push, right, in the right direction. And their main selling point associated with Amazon partnering with Ripple is first the transactions. That they're going to be able to accomplish with Amazon as a partner, as a possible partnership, right? Uh, second is because of the blockchain technology, of course, and their and their ledger that they're they're actually going to be using. I think that they're using it, and I say I think because there has been some rumors spreading around that they actually are already you know testing out their their little ledger that they have, and it's an open protocol at that because apparently uh, Apple is using it as well too. There's a lot of rumors around here, so I'm just going to say that. You know, Ripple would help them because if, if, you know, if everything they say is true and it actually turns out that actually volume volume is, you know, the more volume you have on, on, on Ripple's network, the more affordable and convenient it is to the masses. Right. So if they can get Amazon and their big ass volume, especially during the Christmas time, they can get them to, you know, to use these XRP tokens. Holy crap. I don't know. I don't know how it's all going to work, but it's going to be interesting. I think at some point... It is probably going to happen. I just don't see why it wouldn't. It, it would make more sense, and you can tell they're courting them. They're courting them from afar. You know what? You know, and one of those things where Amazon. I remember when I used to work at FedEx a long time ago. Um, they would have meetings, and this is before Amazon got really big. They would have meetings about how th- if there's an Amazon package, you never leave that behind. You you you, you take care of it. Like we would get that get that drilled into ourselves. Like in every morning. Right. Especially when there was like an iPhone release for whatever freaking reason. Anyway. <laughs> so there's a lot of companies. And I remember, I remember, I remember one of my, um, one of our, our station managers, he had said at the time, um, he had said at the time that they actually lose money for every package they deliver with Amazon. Like they're not making any money. If anything, they're actually losing money on every package. So the point I'm trying to get at is that companies are willing to lose money just to work with Amazon, just just to court them. And if Ripple was falling in line with the same kind of thing, I would be surprised if they give them their whole network for free just to court them. You know what I mean? Anyways, we'll see what happens. I think it's interesting. But with that, let's get into our interesting video of the day. Mars. Mars. Interesting video of the day. Oh, right. So today's interesting video is from David Schwartz he's a chief, chief, chief. Yeah. Chief cryptographer of, of Ripple. And uh, we've, we've talked about him before. He's, he's a pretty smart guy. Um, he talks like a major geek. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, he does. He doesn't no, that's a compliment. Honestly. Like I work with a lot of people um, that are major geeks. Right. So, so like when they talk like that, you best believe they are really smart. Like not even joking. Like, you know, um, shout out to all my friends at work, but (laughs) no, but seriously, um, no, like when you, when you talk to somebody that's that smart, like you can, you can just like, you can give them a a problem or a situation or something like that. And they're always going to give you the right answer. it's, it's almost like talking to a computer or an AI. I'm not even joking, Like there's, there's people like that um, just out there. And David Schwartz is one of those people, so that's why we need to listen to him, so check this out.
2: Well, I think a lot of people found Bitcoin interesting because they were frustrated with the siloing of money and liquidity. This idea that there are all these different payment systems that don't talk to each other. You can look at a website from a company in South Africa, let's say, but it's very difficult to send money to them, specifically small payments. And I think a lot of people who were inspired by Bitcoin in the early days kind of had this idea that, well, everybody would use Bitcoin and this problem would go away. Fast forward a couple of years and we built something like 1500 plus brand new silos for value to be trapped into. So we solved a different problem than the problem we thought we were solving and the problem that a lot of us were concerned about, this idea that people can't pay each other easily, Uh, we created a newer version of it with more silos. So the Internet of Value vision is to f- break down that siloing, to do for money what the Internet did for information, to make it so that money can flow as easily as information does. I guess like the simplest vision would be the idea that you could pay somebody a- as easily as an email, that there could be some universal payment address, and it wouldn't matter if they were using PayPal or a bank or Bitcoin or some mobile payment system in Africa. It would make no difference. The money would just find a path and flow. And I guess if you want to go into sort of like the longer-term vision, just like the internet at first just enabled us to communicate with each other, but over time, it's how we turn our light switches on, it's how my car tells me when it's done charging. I mean, it's it's just changed everything behind the scenes. I think over the next 10 years or so, we'll start to see these internet of value payments behind the scenes changing the world in ways that are not so obvious, but make life better for people. I think the answer is in... I think the answer is in the term internet of value. I take a lot of inspiration from what the internet did. So in the pre-internet days, there were a lot of distinct information networks. Every company had their own information network. Even companies that sold access to information networks were selling access to their own private information networks and then they had like bespoke connections so if you had america online there was a way you could email someone at CompuServe, but it was like you very finicky you had to use the gateway that that's kind of where we are with money and i think that we can take almost the exact same path in fact the more that we looked at this over the last three or four years the more we realized that it that payments are actually very similar to information, like packets of money can go through routers between payment systems, just as packets of information can go through routers between information networks. Uh, What I would argue we need is a light interoperability protocol. you know, my colleagues at Ripple have developed Interledger, and together with an open-source community and, and with the W3C and, and several other participants, and what that is is it's a very light, very neutral protocol that can coordinate the movement of value across inform- across um, ledgers that track it, and it's not tied to any particular ledger technology. It can connect to digital assets like XRP and Bitcoin and others, and it can also connect to traditional ledger systems like PayPal or mobile money systems or even banks. So I, w- I would argue that we, sh- we, we pretty much should repeat exactly what we did for information with money, and I think people will be surprised at how parallel the two systems are.
0: Yeah, he's exactly right. Um, it's very interesting that he, he mentioned the 90s boom with a uh, with building out the whole infrastructure part of things, and and I think another thing that he probably uh, he probably um, he probably forgot to mention was the fact that um, you know this is an opportunity for us to create it the correct way, you know, with security in mind. It's very interesting. I like where he's going with all this, and blockchain is definitely a big part of what he's talking about. Um, and I think the future is bright. That's why I'm so big on companies like you know. Uh, Mobius is one that's uh, on the on the stellar on the stellar network, right? Um, there's there's a couple other ones here that I can't think off the top of my head, but this is we're still in the early days we're still the early days we're like pre-90s right now i would say we're in the early 90s just before you know just before netscape navigator came onto the market who knows maybe there's a netscape navigator right now and i really want to do that show where we talk about the 90s.com boom because i think it'll play a lot more correlation with how everything is looked at now and just like he mentioned you know in, in this interview that's where he's comparing it to um, but it's cool. Sky's the limit with this stuff and we still haven't built out a lot of these things yet. So it's gonna be amazing to see where this is all gonna go here in the near future. Um, with that let's get into coin talk. That's right. Okay, let's talk. The markets are green, let's do it and gentlemen, boys and girls around the world. It is time for Coin Talk. That's right. My favorite part of the day. Seriously, it is. Um, So we did our show on Tuesday. We didn't do one yesterday because I had some stuff we had to deal with here. Family side. Yeah, it happens. You guys know how that goes. Um, But I will say, though, very interesting. We had probably... Man, I would say this whole summer there. I think the the biggest show we've had this summer has been the um, I think it was the top five coins of the summer or something that we did like a month ago. Well, yes, well yesterday or Tuesday's episode went through the roof. Uh, apparently, people want to know what's coming next on Coinbase. <laughs> I didn't realize I didn't realize that was a big thing. Um, I tell you, like if you throw if you throw a top five top five you know i don't know best coins of june or whatever or you throw top three coins of whatever. like people run to that stuff like people run to that stuff and it's total clickbait and that's why i don't do them very often the only time i do them is when i know for a fact we have some like there's some lead behind it right so there's some like actual reason to do a top whatever because i feel like when you use those sparingly people like no okay when when car and through a podcast to a top three or a top five, we know for a fact that means something. And um, when, when they don't, do like it'd be different if I was doing like top fives every day. Like every day is like a top five shit coins or top five under 20 cents or top five under 50 cents or something like that. Like that would literally be, it would just go through the roof. We would see big ratings every day, but I'm not after that. I'm after the education part, guys. And I'm after teaching you guys something. You know, it's funny because when I posted, I posted it on Reddit like I always do. I didn't read the comments. Uh, I didn't feel like it. No, I was too busy. But uh, I will say, though, um, interesting enough, it, 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 it gained a lot of traction. And I think it gained a lot of traction just because everybody was already talking about Coinbase. But I think a lot of people just don't realize the correlation that, DCG and some of these other coins have with each other. Um, I think if that opened a lot of people's eyes to the fact that hey, if if Bat comes on as an ERC twenty token in Coinbase's or Coinbase Pro, um, what used to be GDAX, by the way, uh, if that comes on there, and say you know Mana comes on there or Civic comes on there, like you best believe we're we're gonna be wondering like, hang on a second, like. Should the SEC know about this? (laughs) Like, do they know DCG is putting their own their own coins that they're invested in on there? That's all I wanted to bring to light. Um, I'm not trying to like, I'm not, I swear, I'm not trying to like get get those coins pumped. Or I'm not trying to get them dumped, you know, just because now that I brought it to light, no one's going to, you know, they're going to make sure not to put those coins on there. I hope that doesn't happen either. Um, But it's kind of one of those things where, like, I feel like no one sees that coincidence that's happened so far. And I feel like the more people that know about it, the more it could spread. And, you know, it's funny. There was a couple articles that showed up on Twitter Crypto today, and a lot of them were talking about what made Ethereum you know what or I'm sorry what made coinbase add ethereum to to its its uh to to its exchange like a lot of people were asking what people why was why they pick ethereum classic and i was reading through all the all through all the news and no one mentioned the fact that dcg the the, the parent investment company who owns all of that is a whole big a holder of Ethereum Classic as an investment, and no one mentioned that in the news article. So it tells me that you know people aren't listening to their podcast. Through <laughs> people aren't looking listening to their podcast for its investigative journalism. Obviously, <laughs> it tells me that for sure. And it also tells me that they're just not looking at the common sense stuff. Like this is all common sense. Like it didn't take. <laughs> the only reason I found out about it is because we had um, our. I was. Armini or Ar- my from Hosh or from um, uh, Showcard on on the uh, on the th- on the convo. That was the only reason I found out about it because I uh, got I got a I got a, i got an email from him and once I found it not from him personally but from his PR and I found out the PR was DCG and then I was like oh crap who's DCG and then I looked it up and sure enough Showcard's on there and, and then lo and behold lo and behold I see Ethereum Classic and other stuff. So that was the only reason I found out about DCG or else I wouldn't have been I wouldn't have looked in the right place. It was It was only because I had somebody who was a part of that on through the convo. So that's what I'm saying. Like all this stuff that I'm giving you guys, and ladies, and women, and children, and everybody out there, whoever you are, like all this stuff that I'm giving you, it's it's for your for your own information. Like, I want you to use it for, for, for good, right? Like spread that, like help th- share, share that with other people and say, Hey, did you know DCG is holding these, these, and these, and maybe there's a possibility that that could show up on Coinbase too. That's the only thing I was pointing out. And it was interesting to see that no one in the news pointed that out. Um, probably cause they don't read their email because <laughs> we get a, like, if you're involved in crypto and you're doing this full time, you get a lot of Of PR stuff, and I read every single one. I literally read every single PR release because I want to know. I want to know who these coins are coming out, and I want I I want the ones that that want to come on the show. I don't want to just like you know tell every single person no. But I want to make sure that the people that want to come on the show and talk about this stuff and that are excited about it and that aren't, you know, just trying to a pump and dump are serious about it. I want them to come on the show and talk about it. So that's why we have them on the show. Um, but yeah, I just want to mention that, that. I thought that was very funny. Like No one has brought that up and it looks like no one is going to bring that up until until probably like Thomas Lee from Funstrat like brings it up and he's like, oh, did you know that DCG <laughs> is whatever? And I'm going to be like, really? Like we said that like, what, two months ago, Thomas Lee? and we're you're now bringing it up and now everybody knows eh, it's whatever we're always early on things let's jump into coin talk but first our disclaimer remember
1: thriller podcast does not give financial advice he cannot tell the future even if he thinks he can he is just some dude trying to save the world one satoshi at a time
0: all right ladies and gentlemen it's time for coin talk man it looks good today it's so much green look at ripple on their new logo that's pretty funny yeah, I can see their logo. It it's like a big X for XRP. No, it's pretty cool. It looks like a Tesla logo, honestly. It's like a rip from that. But yeah, you know, whatever sells. Um <laughs> I will say, though, that seeing the greens today was was a good sign. But honestly, I was kind of hoping for more red <laughs> just because I wanted to get in on some of these coins like uh, I wanted to get a bigger stack of Stellar. I wanted to get some some SIA coin because you guys have been talking a lot about it in Telegram. And now I'm like, oh, I need to buy some. I need to get me some of that and collect me some of that. Uh, and then also I was I was, I was looking at it. I was like, mm, maybe some mana. I want to get some mana because I've had some, but I saw sold a little bit when that whole thing went. And then um, some bat, like I keep pushing off bat and that's gonna be the biggest mistake I make this year is not buying bat at the price that it's now. Um, I keep pushing it off and it was at 20 cents and I still haven't bought any. It's going to go up to 50 cents here pretty soon. And I'm going to be so pissed with myself, um, not pissed on myself, <laughs> pissed with myself. Uh, <laughs> uh, but no, seriously, it's just going to be it's going to be one of those things. And I was kind of hoping for more red. And I hope this weekend we get some red. I hope it's just all red and bloody so that we <laughs> can get some more. I know I'm probably the only person out there that's hoping for red. No, but honestly, I, I really like these times because it lets me evaluate everything with a Clear mind like it really does like my Mind becomes even clearer and I understand Like okay this this is what I should be holding 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 These are the ones that are going to pay off at the end of the year these are the ones That aren't going to pay off at the end of the year these are the ones That I'm speculative on that I think Could potentially show something later But these over here aren't and these Are just wild cards do you know what I mean so you know you know what let's do that today let's do that today instead of running down the whole coin market cap because it all looks good right now Ethereum's up five hundred twenty we got Bitcoin at six hundred sixty seven we got Ripple at fifty six cents like it's all good EOS is at eleven dollars it's at number five Bitcoin Cash eight ninety six we got Stellar at twenty four cents Cardano so okay if I'm looking at payoffs by the end of the year these are the ones that I'm thinking in my head and we're just gonna we're gonna do this for today in Coin Talk because I think that's gonna provide better value so I think. Looking at it today, I would say Ripple for sure is going to pay off at the end of the year. For me, I'm looking at that one. I think Ethereum is going to pay off very well for me at the end of the year. Um, Bitcoin, of course. Depends on what time you sell Bitcoin. But I think for sure, Ripple, Ethereum, Bitcoin, and Bitcoin Cash. I don't have a lot of Bitcoin Cash, but I will say that's going to pay off too in general. Um, Litecoin, I'm kind of shaky on. It. I don't know. I don't know. Right now it's at 101. I don't know if it's going to pay off big like it did last year. EOS, I'm not holding any EOS cuz I'm waiting. I'm waiting to see what's going to happen with that. You guys already know we did a show on Monday. Go check it out. Um, Stellar, honestly, I'm so bullish on Stellar like I probably won't even sell it. And it's kind of sad. <laughs> like I'm so I'm so like I'm just hoarding this shit at this point, like on, on Stellar. Like, I'm just like, don't want to sell it at all. And I, I don't know why. I don't know what my fascination with this coin is. I really don't. Um, it's probably something I just created in my head, right? This romantic notion of of Stellar and its XLM. But um, I will say, though, that I think it could pay off at the end of the year. If I wanted to, I could sell it for two bucks, but I don't think I'm going to want to do that. Like, I don't think I'm going to want to do that. I think I'm going to want to hold on to it. And no, and, and you shouldn't be doing that. Like, don't take my advice on any of this stuff. Like really, you should go out there and do your research and figure out your own way. I'm just telling you what I'm doing because I want you to understand, like, this is how I look at things. And this is probably the wrong way of doing it. But stellar, I'm looking at it. Like, I want to hold that long-term just because I really like that coin. I really do. I don't know what it is. It's just I've done a lot of research on it. And I'm fascinated with the project, and and Jeb is Jeb is like a big hero of mine. So it's just like I don't know. And then next up we got Cardano. So Cardano holding some, but that one's gonna be. I think I think next year. That's gonna be that's that's a speculative one that I'm holding till next year. Iota not holding any of that, right? So we got some Tron. We have some Tron. I'm holding short term because I think that's gonna pay off at the end of the year as well too. The only thing that scares me with Tron, and this is the truth, the only thing that scares me with Tron is not because of Justin Sun and his his marketing tactics. That's not it. It's not even it's not even like if they can get the job done because it's obviously they can, right? Even if it, through purchasing other companies, are gonna get it done. Um, but. Tron, to me, is one of those where I'm left wondering if the amount of circulating supply is just too high. And you'll never that'll never come out of my mouth, right? That'll never come out of my mouth because you'll never see me complain about that. But I think here, here in the short term, like as a payoff at the end of the year, I don't think Tron will be ready yet. I think maybe next year or the year after, I feel like then we'll see some momentum with Tron. And that when that's when we can start seeing some big rises. Um, and I know you're probably like, but car, you, you, you freaking have ripple. (laughs) That that circuit supply is, is ridiculously high. Um, yeah, it is. But the the only difference with ripple, they've been at it for a really long time. And a lot of that, they're hoarding it. (laughs) Everybody knows that ripple is hoarding a certain amount of XRP because they say liquidation or whatever bullshit. Anyways, it doesn't matter. But what I'm saying is, um, ripple the company is just on a different league than xrp and i feel like xrp we know will pump because the entire institutional investor space is you know head over heels with ripple the company and xrp the the asset or the security we'll find out um but yeah that's what i'm thinking tron maybe next year but it's all, it's 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 less of a wild card with each with each month. I would say personally, um, dash a little bit of dash, but it's more it's more of a hedge just because I have Monero and I have um, a Verge, the other privacy coin. <laughs> probably Verge is probably not the best privacy coin of them all, but it, I like to have my 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 feet in some of those. But Ethereum Classic, that's going to be a big payoff now. Um, really knew what Ethereum Classic was, and that's why I started loading up on Ethereum Classic early. Um, but it was now; it's becoming more realization that that's going to be a payoff here very soon in August, I would say, because once uh, once Ethereum Classic gets to August uh, and Coinbase's going to release it here in august i would assume a few months three months around august before the end of august for sure um we're going to see it jump considerably maybe 30 50 bucks i would say almost overnight um just on the announcement of the release and then once it gets on it will probably drop back down just like uh, zcash did but i will say though long term ethereum classic makes more sense each and every each and every week just because i feel like it's going to become more of a cash kind of thing and people are going to use it like cash Personally, that's what I think. I don't know. I could be wrong, but that's what I think, right? Um, if we look here at uh, my Go, right now it's a good price. Is at $9.46. That's a good buy for OMI's, even though I've been hating on it for a little bit. Not hating on it, just... Just not just not rose colored, rose colored glasses, right? A lot of people have rose colored glasses when it comes to oh my scope. But me, I just I don't I, I look at it and, and it's an interesting project. It really is really smart people. I just am not 100 percent on it yet. Just yet. Might be a little needs to be it needs to be baked a little bit more. Zcash at 199 So this is one that I think long term, it's just a good hold. Uh, kind of like Bitcoin. It's just a good count. It's just a good hold. You should just hold it. Um, yeah, spend it if you want. Spend it, of course. But I, I'm personally just holding mine. Um, what else we got? Seacoin. That's one that I want to buy. Uh, that's one I want to buy a lot of, just because you guys have been talking about it so much in, in, the, in the Telegram. Where I'm just like, fuck, I don't have any Seacoin. Um, I, I might, I might have it on some exchange. Actually, there might be a little bit of something. I feel like I bought some. I have to go look. Um, oh, and before I before I forget to mention, I, I, it was one of my things that I wanted to bring up. Um, so, guys, ladies, women, children out there, whoever whoever's listening to this, make sure this is what scares me. Like, make sure if, especially if you're in the US, make sure you get your your coins off of exchanges. Um, because the more we're gonna do this regulator show today, and the more and more I research that I did on it, I realized that they're gonna come after the exchanges, and that scares me because it makes me wonder, like, okay, if they come after the exchanges, does that mean that I lose my my coin? I don't think so. But I don't want to give them the opportunity to seize or to close down a whole website. And then, um, especially for US people, like I don't want them to close a whole website and then I don't have access to like Binance or Bittrex or any of these other, you know. coin exchanges, and I'm going to be like, fucked, right? So that's what I'm saying, because, you know, some of these probably aren't going to play ball, Binance being one of them, and I love Binance, but they're not going to play ball, probably, who knows. But I don't want to be locked out of the exchange with them holding my coins, especially if I can't access the website. You know, trust me, I will get access to my coins, but I don't want to be in that situation. And that's why I'm trying to tell you guys and ladies and women and children out there that if you have a lot of coins on these exchanges, you need to get yourself a hardware wallet and you need to put those coins in a hardware wallet and you need to make sure that you get ready for the time when that does happen. Cause I don't think they're going to be cracking down on them just yet, but I have a feeling that's going to happen very soon. And not only that, and even if, even if that doesn't happen, right, you still want to get them off of there because you know, we're due for a hack. Like we just had one two weeks ago, but it wasn't on, and it wasn't on a big exchange or a South Korean exchange, but it wasn't a big exchange that everybody uses. There's going to be, there's going to be a big attack on an exchange. I'm not, I'm not saying I know of anyone happening. I'm just saying like this happens. It happens all the time in crypto when everything's going good. It just, boom, it happens. And then they try to hide it or they don't try to hide it. And it just happens. And then the whole market tanks and you're left with all these coins that, you know, that you lost. So I'm just letting you know right now that make sure you only leave stuff on exchanges and Coinbase included that you're willing to lose. I'm telling you the truth. Like, like, Please understand that. If you leave your stuff on exchanges, you're going to lose it at some point or another. And it's not going to be because you're going to be cashing out. It's going to be because either they got hacked or they got closed down, or they took off and ran out with your money. That's what I'm saying. Protect your private keys. Be in charge of your own crypto destiny, right? So make sure that you do this. And I'm telling you this right now because I want you to listen, and I want you to understand that. And I, I would hate for any one of y'all to send me an email saying that you lost everything. Like, that would suck. And if you did say that, I'd probably send you, you know, a thousand coins or something just because I'm a nice guy. It probably wouldn't be the, the best thousand coins, but it would be some a thousand coins. And speaking of a thousand coins... We're going to be doing a newsletter next month remember that and then also I, I don't know why i didn't bring this up at the top of the show also um we're out next week so no through a podcast next week i'm sorry i gotta study for my tests and then i'll pass and then we will be able to go back to our regular scheduled programming okay so okay with that let's go ahead and get into our main topic today we're discussing the regulators that's right listen to this. This is going to explain a lot of things. We're going to go over everything. It's going to be very simple. I'm going to lay it out to you very simple. It's not going to be, it's not going to be a, it's not going to be boring. I promise you'll learn something. So let's discuss the regulators starting now in our main topic.
3: This one out to the old school, all these motherfuckers in the Bronx and Brooklyn and Staten Island, Queens, and all the motherfuckers that laid it down the foundation. You know what I'm saying? Number love for the old school. That's what we're gonna do this week. You're the- Sip and ninety proof and like the old school. Yeah, like the old school. It's it's I, like I, I wouldn't be here today if the old school jet it came like the old school. Up. I wouldn't be here today if the old school jet it came like, like the old school. Oh. I, I wouldn't be here today if the old school jet came the old school. not be here the old school jet came like the old school. I wouldn't be here today if the old school jet came like the old school. I wouldn't be here today if the <laughs> Remember way. poppin' and locking and Curtis blow the name belts? And Scott LaRocca shoot for hole back in Latin quarters With slick, fake, was slick and la di
0: Today we're discussing regulators. We're going to be discussing specifically the U.S. regulators. Now, before we get into this, I just want to say, make sure you go out there and do your own research, as everything that I am saying is from what I understand is going on in the current market. And please always remember to check with your own legal representation first. With that, let's jump into it.
4: Regulators. You regulate any stealing of his property, we're damn good too, but you can't be any geek off the street. got to be handy with the steal if you know what I mean, earn your keep. Regulators,
3: mount up.
0: Today we're discussing three different associations within the US government that regulate crypto. The first one is a department. Justice. The second one is the Securities and Exchange Commission. The third one is the U.S. Commodity Futures and Trading Commission. And finally, there is the U.S. Department of Treasury. Today we have been told that Ethereum is no longer a security. We have been knowing for some time that Bitcoin is no longer a security but what does that all mean? I think it's safe to say that the SEC hasn't provided enough information regarding what is a security and what isn't, but it feels more and more that the industry as a whole is calling for a safe harbor. First, we are gonna hear from the SEC Chairman Jay Clayton and the SEC's involvement with them.
4: Let me start with the technology, distributed ledger technology incredible promise. It can it can drive efficiencies not only in the financial markets but in a lot of markets. Fine. Two areas in the financial markets where distributed ledger technology has come to the fore. Cryptocurrencies. These are replacements for sovereign currencies, replace the dollar, the yen, the euro with bitcoin. That type of currency is not a security. Let me turn to what's a security. A token, a digital asset Where I give you my money, and you go off and make a venture, you have some company you want to start or something you want, and in return for me giving you my money, you say, you know what, I'm going to give you a return, or you can get a return in the secondary market by selling your token to somebody. That is a security, and we regulate that. We regulate the offering of that security, and we regulate the trading of that security. And that's our job, and we've been doing it for a long time.
5: So you're saying the classic definition of a security, you invest in a common enterprise with an expectation of profit. You're saying the way you look at most ICOs, they are securities. Correct. Are you planning now to make a clear statement on that? Because there seems to be a lot of confusion about whether anybody is going to get approved or not.
4: Bob, I hope I just did. If it's a security, we're regulating it. And let, let me just, we've been doing this for a long time and we've built a 19 trillion dollar economy, a securities market that's the envy of the world, following these rules. If you have an ICO or a stock and you want to sell it in a private placement, follow the private placement rules. There's no secondary trading, you know, you have to do that. If you want to, if you want to do an IPO with a token, come see us, file financial statements, file disclosure, take the responsibility our laws require, and we're happy to help you do that public offer.
0: So it's very interesting that he is adamant that all ICOs are securities. Now, if we listen to the SEC's Director of Division and Corporate Finance, William Hindman, he discussed today how Ethereum is not a security. Check this out.
1: Promoters, the founders, sponsors, the folks behind these efforts, in order to raise money to develop networks on which digital assets will operate, we'll often sell the tokens and our coins rather than sell shares or issue notes or obtain bank financing. In many of these cases, the economic substance of the fundraising is the same as a conventional securities offering. Funds are raised with the expectation that promoters will build a system, investors will earn a return on their investment, and they will usually do that by selling their tokens in the secondary market, once the promoters create something of value with the money that they've raised and the value of the digital enterprise increases. When we at the SEC see that kind of economic transaction, it's easy for us to apply the Supreme Court's investment contract test first announced over 70 years ago in the SEC versus Howey case. That test requires that there be an investment of money in a common enterprise with an expectation of profits derived from the efforts of others. Pretty straightforward. I think it's important to think about the facts of Howey. In that case, a hotel operator in Florida sold interests in a citrus grove to its guests and claimed it was selling real estate, not securities. While the transaction was labeled a real estate sale, it also included a service contract contract that would allow Howey and the Howey and the Hills Service Company to cultivate and harvest the oranges on behalf of the purchasers. In looking at that, the Supreme Court saw a security and they stressed, form is disregarded for substance, the emphasis is placed on economic realities. So a purported real estate purchase is found to be an investment contract. An investment in oranges, in these circumstances, was an investment in a security. So folks are looking not at the digital packet, at the coin, something called something other than a, uh, a security, you look to the substance of the transactions. And in the ICOs that I have seen, overwhelmingly, promoters are looking or touting their ability to create an application that's innovative based on blockchain technology. Like in Howie, the investors are passive or often passive. Marketing efforts are rarely narrowly targeted just to potential token users. And typically at the outset, the business model, the very viability of the application is uncertain. The purchaser in these circumstances has no choice but to rely on the efforts of that promoter to build out the network to make the enterprise a success. At that stage, the purchase of a token looks a lot like a bet on the success of an enterprise, not the purchase of something certain to be used to acquire goods or services on the network. Moreover, putting aside the fundraising that accompanied the creation of Ether, based on my understanding of the present state of Ether, the Ethereum network, its decentralized structure, we believe current offers and sales of Ether are not securities transactions. As with Bitcoin, applying a disclosure regime, the disclosure regime of the federal securities laws, to current transactions and Ether would seem to add little value. Over time, there may be other sufficiently decentralized networks and systems where regulating the tokens that function on them as securities may not be required. And of course, there will continue to be systems that do rely on central actors, whose efforts are key to the success of the enterprise. In those cases, the application of securities laws protects investors who purchase coins. I should add that regardless of the applicability of securities regulation to the distribution of the assets, as our Chairman Clayton has pointed out, regulated financial entities may have other legal duties related to cryptocurrency transactions. There's a plethora of federal regulations that apply beyond the securities laws the anti-money laundering, FinCEN rules, the Know Your Customer rules, the Commodities Exchange Act may uh, uh, be relevant, the IRS code, and of course, state financial intermediary and money servicing laws all come into play. So
0: it's obvious that at the end there, he also emphasizes all these other regulatory bodies, right? I think it's bad for crypto in general when you get everybody else involved as well. I would like to see the SEC to handle this stuff, but it doesn't look like that's going to happen. So in that case, I feel there needs to be a governing body just for crypto. Personally, we'll see if that unfolds over the years. Now I'm going to play one last clip, and it's from Catherine Hahn. She used to be part of the Department of Justice, and she explains the whole landscape perfectly, especially with what is this going to do? The blockchain technology is going to kill it. Is it going to let it live? Like, what exactly is going to go on? How does this play out? And here's Catherine now talking about it.
5: Well, so first of all, if we're talking about U.S. regulation Uh in the U.S., I think it's similar to what we saw. There are a lot of parallels that are always drawn between the early days of the Internet and cryptocurrencies and blockchain. And I think some of those... Uh, Parallels are really appropriate, particularly where you're talking about regulation, because in the early days of the internet, we heard calls for um, a single regulator. Should there be a regulator of the internet and who was going to- An internet czar. An internet czar, and you know, that didn't happen. And I think that was probably good that didn't happen. Um, We've seen similar things here with this technology. So I think when you talk about who's going to regulate in the US, the answer is the same that we see with the internet. You have myriad agencies. You've got DOJ, SEC, CFTC, I won't bore you with the rest of the alphabet soup, but similarly, we saw that with the internet. So no one answer, people. But is this something
2: where there's going to end up being a decree from one of these agencies? And there is a tel- there is a telecom law that effectively sort of regulates a lot of the internet. And over the years, we sort of litigated that. Do you going to see something like that, or or some other way of? So I think, yourself out.
5: I think what you're referring to is the Communications Decency yep. Act, Section 230. But even that didn't come in immediately right. when we were all using the Internet, right? That took several years. It was passed in 1996. I think similarly here, we don't want regulation to outpace understanding. And if you would have had a law about cryptocurrencies or uh, blockchain passed a year ago, it would have been completely outdated today. So I think regulators, lawmakers, policymakers know this. It's important to wait and see how the technology develops. For example, who was talking about ICOs, initial coin offerings, a year and a half ago? We wouldn't have, if we had had a crypto law passed, it wouldn't have covered that. So I, I don't think we'll see a uniform law on crypto a regulation on crypto. What we'll see instead, I predict, we'll see a series of enforcement actions for some of the worst of the worst actors in the space from a variety of different agencies. We will potentially see some legislation in, in the coming years if it turns out to be necessary. But look, there are already plenty of laws on the books that regulators and lawmakers and law enforcement have. There are money laundering laws. and. You know, regulators can adapt. To that. How long
2: practically do you think before you have an established sort of body of law that says this is okay, this isn't okay, this is a security, this isn't? Years. Is that two years, five years, ten I, I years? Mean, I'm
5: not going to slap a number on it, but I think you're talking years. We will see, I think, in the next year, two year and a half, uh, a lot more clarity on what is a security, what isn't a security from SEC. Where you're talking about criminal prosecutions, I think you're talking years. And by the way, that's assuming that no one decides to challenge these in court. If someone does, um, you're you're talking years for that to make its way through the court system. Remember, too, it's not just regulators that um, have their finger in this. It's plaintiff's class action lawyers, um, and and that could take years.
0: And that's why we're announcing next week we're going to do a lawyer show. Just kidding. No, that's that's pretty much all of it. This is the regulators main topic. I hope you had some clarity. I hope it gave you a better understanding of what's going on. Um, I know after doing research for this, I understood that there's a lot of jurisdiction, especially with the SEC, CFTC officials and the Treasury Department would even cover them. And there's a lot of enforcement actions against crypto just because of, you know, wrongdoing that they see and they want to subpoena these companies and to me, it looks like a warning sign that they're giving shots being fired, but ultimately this gray area has to be filled and need some color. And by color, I mean it needs rules and um, I don't want rules. I don't want regulation, but if you're going to pick and choose your spots whenever you want, that makes us looking over our shoulder and that's not good for crypto either. I think ultimately retail investors are going to be hit the most by this stuff. Um, especially in the short term, we're going to be wondering what we should be investing in or not. I think fewer people will be able to trade some of these cryptos that we're looking at right now. I think next year at this certain time, there might be tons of coins that just are not traded or if they are, they are done under the radar. I hope in the future, the U.S. can become a little more friendlier with these jurisdictions and these exchanges, and I hope that they kind of keep it the same way it is now. At least till everything gets sorted out. And with that, let's get on to the end of the show. You know, I had a, had a blast doing Thriller Podcast this week. There's so much interesting stuff that we covered. Um, I hope you guys check out all of our older episodes next week when we're on vacation. Um, I'm going to be studying. I'm going to be trying to pass this test so that way we can go fuller with Thriller Podcast uh, on, after the break. So we'll be back here on June 25th. Mark your calendars. And remember, buy Bitcoin and save the entire world. See you next time. This is the end of the show.
1: You have been listening to Thriller Podcast with Car Gonzalez. Remember,
0: Thriller Podcast is not financial advice. Everything Car said
1: likely won't come true. It is up to you. Never do your own research. Listen to do its best or